attention, it seems like we've been going to this passage and even our guest ministers have went to this passage of Scripture. I was amazed, but yet I shouldn't have been by Brother Morton this morning announcing this text. Ephesians chapter number 6, because we've been spending a lot of time here and I felt to revisit this tonight. Ephesians chapter 6, and I won't read all that I have read in times past recently. I'll just begin with verse 16. It says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all, everybody say all, the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And I just want to minister about the shield of faith here tonight. Really hooking on to what we started last Sunday evening. And I haven't felt that lift or I still feel that strong in my heart. We need to take up the shield of faith in this hour. Amen? Why don't you one more time clap your hands to the Lord before we're seated. Come on, let's do it heartily under the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a me- You can be seated. What a message we heard this morning from God's Word. And that should have inspired a lot of folks. And, and uh, if you didn't or wasn't able to be here, and, and uh, we... we I could encourage you, I'd like for you to get a CD and listen to that. And sometimes when you get in need of your faith being lifted, encouraged a little bit, why don't you go back and listen to it again, even if you were here this morning. It would be helpful to you. We started out last week talking about this particular passage of Scripture as the writer is explaining spiritual warfare and what spiritual warfare encompasses. He said very emphatically that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And he begins to explain exactly what it is. And you will see throughout this text that though he uses sometimes different wording, he's basically describing the same thing because he's trying to emphasize to you that This warfare that we're engaging in is not one of flesh, but it is one that is spiritual. And it's not just average, it's not status quo, but the times that we're living in, the age that we're living in, it means that this has intensified to the place that these powers are in high places. And that's what we're wrestling with. That's what we're engaged in. And he says for the child of God to take on the whole armor. And he emphasized that two different times in this particular passage. Reminding us again that we don't need to leave anything out. And there are certain implements that are mentioned here that if we're not careful, that will become what we desire or what we seek. Much like when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, 
sometimes there are certain ones that we identify with or that we seek and we pray for, leaving others out, when really we ought to pray, God, I have the Holy Ghost. In whatever way that you want to use those nine gifts of the Spirit in my life, and whatever way you want to manifest them and work through me, I'm just making myself available because they all work through the auspices of the Holy Ghost. Or maybe there are a certain fruit of the Spirit that we identify with and there's others that we kind of put on the sideline that we need to bear all of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives because all of them are equally important. And same for this particular scripture. Every one of these things that are identified in the Christian armor are essential and they are important to us. And we need not to negate any of them, but we need to make sure that we're fully dressed out for spiritual battle and that we take on the whole armor of God. But after he gets through mentioning a few, he comes to this text in verse 16, and he says, above all, above all. In other words, this is, this is one that I'm going to emphasize taking the shield of faith. And uh, he begins to describe that. And as I mentioned last Sunday night, when I think about the shield of faith, when we think about a shield, faith and, and a shield being what is described here as depicting what faith is in the Christian armor, it doesn't seem like it matches up. It almost seems like an oxymoron because when we think of faith, we think of it as an offensive weapon. We think of it as something that we, we use to take more territory. We use it as in an aggressive type of manner. But he is describing it as a shield. And I think that there's times when faith is more aggressive. And uh, we talked about how that in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about uh, through faith, through faith they did certain things. Certain exploits were achieved through faith. And can I tell you that that's the way that it works. But also in that same chapter it says by faith, by faith they were able to do these things. And so one is more of an aggression, more of an offensive attack, and the other is more of defending what we have. And we need both kinds of faith in the end time. There's times in the Word of God where it tells people like Moses to stand still, and in the very same passage of Scripture it says to go forward. And we could say, well, which is it? Do we stand still? And how do we stand still and progress forward? But what he is saying is be still in your faith. In other words, be stable and don't have any uh, backup in you when it comes to your faith. Stand strong in your faith and go forward physically. And when you have that faith that is strong and you obey me by going forward, I'm going to fight for you. And you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. So it's not, it's not something that is incorrect when it talks about 
faith being a shield to us. And can I tell you that though we pray for certain things, and I, I want to deal with this and be, and be very candid here tonight in dealing with this, I think it's important that we, we talk about the other side of faith, if you will. We talk about it. Uh, I know that when we talk about faith and miracles and all those kinds of things, we just talk about all the times that God came through and God did answer and God did work. But there are times that we pray and it doesn't happen in our time or it doesn't take place just like we perceive that it should or thought that it should. But nevertheless, we continue to stand in faith. Maybe God doesn't want to totally deliver us from the situation, but he wants to help us as he did with those in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 to go through that situation. We know that God is able to deliver us entirely from the things that we encounter in life that are opposition, but we also know that if he doesn't remove the obstacle, if he doesn't take it away completely, that he will see us through. He will work with us and help us to have the strength and the wherewithal to make it through that situation. Oh, praise the Lord. And if we'll stay steady in our faith and consistent in our faith, God will help us. And I think that's important for us to understand. The shield of faith doesn't always protect us from all struggles. Matter of fact, there's times that there will be pain and there will be suffering. I was talking to somebody just the other day that was in law enforcement and they were describing to me the bulletproof gear that they wear. And really they explained to me that bulletproof, completely bulletproof, is a misnomer because nothing is completely bulletproof. Uh, this will slow down, Brother Calhoun, uh, the bullet, or uh, it may deflect it. But uh, there are certain types of ammunition. There are certain calibers of guns, and there's always the chance uh, that it could pierce the armor. But this has given me a better chance of survival. And then he explained inside the Kevlar there is a ceramic uh, area there that is sort of a breastplate that is around the heart and the lung area to protect the vital organs. But that doesn't keep you in other areas. And of course, you can't wear as a law enforcement officer, uh, you, cannot, you cannot wear a total body armor because it would be in, too encumbersome for you. So you, you just, uh, uh, you're, 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 you're going to have to have uh, as much as you can have on and wear that and trust uh, that it's going to protect you. Uh, but there's always a chance uh, of uh, being uh, shot or being in danger and it piercing through an area that was not protected. But this is giving you a better chance, in other words, of survival. Can I tell you that in the Christian walk, uh, there is things that may slip through in different areas of the armor. And I want to say this, I believe they're God allowed into our lives. 
Amen. And that does not mean that it will take us out or destroy us. I don't believe that God allows things or the devil to have such control that he allows things to take us down completely. But he does allow things to come through into our lives that test our faith and our resolve and our commitment to live for God. And I'm going to explain this in just a moment. But when those things come, when those things happen, we have a far better chance if we have the shield of faith and we're operating with the full armor of God. That's why we need to be suited up. That's why we got to take this on and wear it in our walk with God. It talks about the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to tell you, if you're living a careless life, a, a life that is carnal and casual and cavalier, then there's a good chance that you're going to be taken out along the way. But if you're living carefully and righteously for God, serving the Lord to the best of your ability, then you can rely upon the grace of God to be there. You can rely upon the mercies of God to be there. God, I'm trying to walk with you and live for you and serve you. I'm doing my best. I'm not living dangerously. I'm not living out there on the edge. I'm not trying to be as carnal as I can be and still get by. But God, I want to be saved. I don't want to just survive as anybody feels like me. You don't want to just survive. You don't want to just get by. But you want to be saved. You want to walk in the fullness and the completeness of God's Word. Because there's nothing worse than a person that's living out there on the edge. And that's a very dangerous place for us to be. Amen. The Bible tells us in the book of Job, I believe if any man, uh, as it were, was living uh, to the best of his ability for God, every morning he awoke and he gave sacrifice not only for himself but for all of his children. And he led his family in righteousness and godliness. But the Bible still says there came a day that the devil, Satan, appeared with the sons of God in the throne room and asked for permission to touch the life of Job and to cause a great trial in his life. And he was granted a certain amount. It had perimeters. It had limitations. And I, I can just tell you this, that if you're a true child of God, the devil's not going to have complete control because if he did, you'd already be wiped out. You'd already be destroyed. You'd already be gone. Amen. But thank God that the devil is on a leash. Thank God that he doesn't have complete reign in our life. I understand he has a certain amount of God-given authority, if you will. But he doesn't have complete authority to do whatever he wants to do. Or you'd already be gone and be destroyed and spiritually taken out. But you're still here because God says that there's limitations to what I'm going to allow you to do. That's my child. That's a saint of God. That's somebody that's endeavoring to live for the Lord. And though there may be trials to prove them, they're going to come out. I've got confidence in them that they're going to come out and still be a worshiper. They're going to come through this and still live for God. They're going to come through this and be stronger and more faithful and more consistent than they've ever been. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to him and give him praise. 
Hallelujah. So uh, Job went through these things and, and the devil wanted to intensify his efforts and came back and asked for more, more uh, areas that he could affect the life of Job. He asked to go a little further in testing Job. He said, if you'll let me touch him, skin for skin. In other words, if we put sickness on him and he feels miserable in his body, uh, you know, we'll do a lot to protect ourselves. We'll do a lot to try to keep from being miserable physically. We can allow material things to be taken away and it doesn't affect us. Even sometimes when things affect other people, it doesn't have the effect that it does when it hits us personally in our own lives. And he said, if you'll let me touch him skin for skin. And so uh, we see in the next scene of Job's life, you know the story of how that he was completely covered with boils. And you talk about miserable. He couldn't find a position to lie in that, that he wasn't uh, just totally, completely in pain and miserable and uh, finding absolutely no rest. And, and, and in the midst of it all, this would have been a good opportunity for him to give up and say, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull uh, the ripcord on this thing and give up and die because it seems like dying would be easier at this point. But nevertheless, he continued to worship God. Matter of fact, he made such statements as this. Naked I came into this world and naked I'll go thither. I may lose everything I've got, but I didn't come into this world with anything. And anything that I got since I've been here, God gave it to me in the first place. Oh, yes, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. That must have been one of the most disappointing things the devil ever faced is when he threw everything he could throw at Job. And Job still lifted his hands and his voice and worshiped and gave praise unto God. I'm going to tell you what really turns it around on the devil is when you come to church and he's been fighting you throughout the week and he's been on your back and he's been bombarding your mind with doubts and he's been trying to put fear on you and you come to the house of God and you lift up your hands and you say, I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise the Lord regardless of what's going on. My Redeemer lives. Oh, does anybody believe that he's still alive and that he's still working and he still can do the work that we need him to do? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. So we'd have to say, I mean, any reasonable person would have to admit that, that, that in Job's circumstance, there was a piercing of the armor to a degree. We, we have to understand that there was some wounds, uh, physical and emotional. That's right. He lost children. He lost possessions. He lost status. He was humiliated. His own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? His own friends, uh, he felt like they rejected him and let him down. 
and they told him that he must have sin in his life for this to be happening to him. For this to fall out like this, Job, you must have done something really wrong for this to happen. But nevertheless, Job kept his integrity and he kept on walking with God and he kept on praising the Lord. And when he came out of the trial, God gave back to him not only what he had, but even more. I'm going to tell you, when you stand for God, God always sees you through. It doesn't mean that there's going to be absolutely no pain. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be some times of struggle. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be folks that's going to reject you. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be ridicule that you're going to have to endure. But when you come through, you're going to have the testimony that my God still reigns. My God's still on the throne. My God is still in control. Oh, yes. Oh, if you believe it, why don't you give him a shout of praise right now? What Job didn't realize when he thought he was on trial, when he thought his integrity was on trial, really it was God's integrity that was at stake because God had made a brag about Job. He said, you're going to see that my servant Job is faithful, that he's a man that loves God and eschews evil, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do, but just save his life, and when he comes through it, you're you're going to know that he loves me more than he does anything in this world. Can I tell you when the church gets out of this world, it's going to be said of everybody that goes in the rapture that they love God more than they love the things of this world. That they love God more than they did anything the devil tried to put before them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Cup your hands and give him praise. Man, there is something worse than disease that damages the body. And that is to let something get in your heart and destroy you from the inside out. There was physical things and emotional things. and Again, material things that happened to Job. And Job could have taken on the attitude of those around him. And cursed God for it. And got bitter for it. And got angry with God. And said, I don't deserve this. But he didn't do that. He kept his shield of faith. I'm going to tell you. Shield of faith doesn't mean that there's not going to be some wounds, folks. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be some areas where you're going to have to endure some, some suffering at times. But you've got to keep that shield of faith up because the devil's always looking to get into the heart of an individual. Because he knows if he can get in your heart, he'll destroy you. He knows if he can put some seed of bitterness or hatred or envy or strife or jealousy or discord in your heart, he can cause you to be lost. That's what he tried in the Apostle Paul's life. 2 Corinthians 11 talks about Paul's testimony of being shipwrecked and stoned and accused falsely, beaten with rods, stripes above measure, robbed, hungry, thirsty, imprisoned, 
out in the deep overnight, not knowing whether he was going to live or die. Can you imagine how badgering that has to be to the mind? How it has to feel like here I am. You know, before when I was just uh, uh, living in the world, building tents and doing all I was doing out there, I didn't have to face all of this. But here I am trying to do good, trying to do for the kingdom of God, trying to build up the kingdom of God, trying to work for the kingdom of God, trying to better the kingdom of God. And this is the reward. And this is what is happening in my life. And he could have focused on those few things. He could have focused on that and he never would have seen the Ephesian revival. He would have never seen that church of multiplied thousands of people being led to God. And, and, a, and a people that were so steeped in paganism that that they they it seemed like there was no hope for them and, and he, he saw the greatest revival that we read about in the New Testament there in, in a place that would be considered the gates of hell in, in many people's minds and in and in the in the place that was called Philippi and, and, and in Colossae and, and other places. Thessalonica, I was there and I, I was in that city and I, I began to think about Paul coming to that coastal city and the revival that was had there. And, and this place, the Asian Minor, a place that was not like uh, Jerusalem. It was not like other places where there was a lot of uh, friendly folks around. But these were people that rejected the things of God. These were people that lived in in sin to the fullest degree yet when Paul came preaching the gospel there God used him to see revival and to turn that cities or those cities upside town with apostolic some of the biggest churches that we read about and talk about in the in the whole word of god occurred through the ministry of the apostle paul what are you what are you trying to say if he'd have focused on the shipwreck and if he'd have focused on being beaten with rods and if he'd have focused on being accused falsely and if he'd have whined around about something that happened to him amen along the journey he would have never seen it but he kept his shield of faith and said i'm gonna keep on walking with God and doing the will of God and working for God and God's going to bring me through come on sir I know you've been knocked down get back up and dust yourself off and get back in the battle because there's more that God wants to do through your life oh somebody give him a wave offering right now and so at the end of his life, he has this testimony. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And what a course it was. There was obstacles on that course. There was, there was barriers to break down on that course. There was trouble along that course. There was resistance along that course. But at the end of it all, he said, I have kept the faith. I've got my shield in my hand. I haven't lost it. Nothing has been able to pierce my heart. That's why you need the shield of faith. It's not just an offensive weapon but it's a defensive weapon you know what's going to keep you in this hour with all the things that we're encountering in this world it's your faith in God it's your trust in God it's your ability no matter what's going on to trust God and say God I put my faith in you not in man I put my faith in you not in this world not in the governments of this world I don't put my faith in Wall Street I don't put my faith in my job I don't put my faith in my education
vacation. I don't put my faith in any of that. I put my faith in Almighty God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and let's give Him praise. No, Paul didn't escape everything, but he did make it through, through faith. Daniel had faith. It didn't keep him from the lion's den, but it did shut the lion's mouth. It did keep him through the lion's den. It kept him through the night within the den of a hungry, all those hungry lions around. And the Bible said that the angel of the Lord clamped their mouth shut so that they were not able to pray upon him. I'm going to tell you that if you'll keep that shield of faith, it won't be able to pierce through and get to your heart. Oh yeah, there may be wounds that you didn't desire and you didn't like and you wish it could be different, but you'll heal and you'll recover and you'll make it. But don't let it get in your heart. I said don't let it get in your heart. Don't let anything get in your heart. Don't let hatred get in your heart. Don't let bitterness get in your heart. Don't let that anguish get in your heart. Don't let that disappointment turn in to depression and that depression turn in to I didn't deserve this and and grow into bitterness. Uh, Get it out of your heart while it's early. Amen. And realize I got to keep my shield of faith. Three Hebrew boys they, they didn't escape the fiery furnace but they did make it through the fire. With no smell of smoke even on their garments, the Bible says. They had no evidence that they'd even been in a fire, in other words. Not a hair was singed on their head, the Bible tells us. Because the Lord can keep us. And I'm just about through here tonight. But I was noticing this in the life of Jacob. You know, you read these exploits of faith about the patriarchs and you think, man, if I could only be them. If I could only see God work like he did through their lives. If I could only see the miracles that they saw. If I could only be those individuals. I mean, we talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We get excited about that, and for good reason. But I'm going to tell you, it wasn't all peaches and cream in Jacob's life. He, He lived for many years thinking that his son... Joseph had been devoured by an evil beast. Replaying in his mind when he saw that tattered coat that had been brought to him in deception and blood that was smeared on it of a goat, but he thought it was his son's blood. And he looked at it and he thought, what agony, what torment, what a terrible way for my son to perish. Can you imagine, that wasn't the only one, but there was other things that occurred. Rachel, the loss of Rachel, disappointments with that. Her perishing and giving birth to a son at the same time. The sorrow and the grief that was involved with that. You could say, well, he had such a powerful Faith life. And we point to those things and we think that's it. That wasn't it. That wasn't all of it. Matter of fact, he gave this testimony to Pharaoh when he came into the land of Egypt and 
Genesis chapter 47, verses 9 and 10. And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. And I have not attained unto the day, the days of, of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. But it says this, and it says, Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out. That means a lot to me that at the end, he said, I've had some rough days, in other words. I've had some tough times. I've had some struggles. I've had resistance. I've, I've had grief. I've cried some tears, believe me, Pharaoh. And instead of growing bitter, the Bible says that he blessed Pharaoh. He said, I still got the ability to give a blessing. I still got the ability to talk good about the things of God. I don't blame God for anything I've been through. Matter of fact, I praise God that I've been able to go through it. I praise God that he saw me through it. And then you turn over there to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. And this is the, the, the little sound bite that we have of each one of these individuals that are there in the hall of faith that we call it. This is the little sound bite of the greatest moments of faith, I suppose, in their life. And it says this in verse 21 about Jacob. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon his staff. There's two things that stand out to me. He didn't die a bitter Jacob, but he died a a blessing Jacob. Amen. He didn't die a bitter individual. He died going out with blessing. He died going out, amen, saying God is good and God has blessed me. I don't understand everything that's happening. I don't know the why and I can't tell you how come. But I believe that God has a purpose and a plan that I'll know better on the other side. And so I'm just going to go out blessing him and praising him in the last act on this earth was one of worship. I'm going to tell you if you can go out a worshiper you'll be alright. There may be a lot of things that you're not in this world but if you're a worshiper everybody can be a worshiper. Everybody can be a praiser. Everybody ought to get on their feet right now and lift up their hands and say God I may not understand some things but I know that you are worthy of me giving you blessing and praise and Oh, he kept his shield of faith. He kept his shield of faith. It never got in his heart. It never got in his heart. And because it never got in his heart, he still had a praise in his mouth. I'm going to tell you, you can a lot of times tell when something gets in someone's heart. They stop praising. They become mum. They come to church and sit with their arms crossed. Amen. And they criticize. But if you, amen, got in your heart to praise God, it'll come out of your mouth. You'll want to sing. You'll You'll want to rejoice. You'll want to worship. You'll want to give thanksgiving. You'll want to lift up your voice and give honor and praise unto God. 
Come on, right now, I think we ought to heat it up a little bit in this place. I think somebody ought to praise God with everything that's within there. I think somebody ought to love the Lord with all that's in your heart right now. I've been through some stuff. I've faced some things. But it hadn't got in my heart. It may have pierced my armor in some areas. I may have suffered some wounds. But I'm still worshiping. I'm still praising God. I'm still magnifying Jesus. Oh, give him a wave offering. Come on, praise the Lord with everything that you have. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I see folks in this place uh, that there were times in your life the devil thought he had you. He thought he'd knocked you out. He thought you'd never be back. He thought he'd disappointed you enough that you would die out spiritually. But you're here tonight uh, and you still have worship. You're still rejoicing. You're still praising God. If you feel like dancing before the Lord, why don't you just dance before the Lord? Why don't you just give Him some praise right now from the depths of your heart? Come on, why don't you just lift up your voice to Him right now?